Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, the 28th chapter to the 16th to the 20th verse. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. For the month of January, uh, we're going to um, do a brief um, study on what is often referred to as the Great Commission. You know, anytime you put the word great in front of something, it's like, okay, so, so, so what makes it so great? Kind of like Lucy uh, said to Schroeder about Beethoven. Why was he so great? You know, his, his picture wasn't on a bubblegum card, you know, so, so, so why is he great? Uh, what makes this portion of scripture great? Uh, you know, we can all look into a dictionary definition of what it means to be commissioned. Uh, but why is this so special? Why are these words so special? Uh, I like how Pastor Campbell um, put it uh, years ago. He said, Jesus' last words ought not be his least words considered. Jesus' last words ought not be his least words considered. That, um, you know, kind of like, you know, maybe what you do with your kids before you step out. Uh, or, you know, as I've shared with uh, uh, you on many occasions, every, every time, every time, uh, I was fortunate enough to get a ride to school uh, from my father. Um, he would always drop us off, drop me off, and he repeated to me what he repeated to the sister and six brothers ahead of me and the brother that was behind me. Say the same thing every time, the last words before he dropped, after he dropped us off. Study hard, remember it's you. Study hard. Remember, it's you. And uh, I share again what I, <laughs> I just kind of accepted that. It's like, okay, whatever. It's kind of like goodbye, I guess, from daddy, daddy speak. Uh, goodbye. Um, Dad, what do you mean by that? Study hard. Remember, it's you. Well, son, I've, I've gotten my education. It's important for you to study hard because it's you. Oh, I get it. Okay, so it took on more relevance, and it resonated with me more uh, once I understood really what was behind that. And my hope is that as we unpack this over the course of the next four weeks, uh, you know, the, the, the 16th through the 20th verse, you've got five verses, we'll deal with two today, uh, that we will, we will look at this in a way quite possibly that we haven't looked at it before. Because, you know, a lot of times things like this, you know, we know too much. Oh, I've heard this before. So where does the freshness, if you will, uh, come in? So we begin at the 28th chapter, as I shared, uh, the 16th verse of Matthew's gospel, where we read, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. 
Jesus had warned them in the, uh, it's your homework. You know there's always homework. Uh, start around the 26th chapter of Matthew and then kind of go forward, 26, 27, 28. That's your homework. So in the 26th chapter of Matthew, Jesus uh, warned his disciples, I'm going to be crucified. And that everyone would cut and run, including you, Peter. I like a person that calls a shot, you know, in basketball. It's like, bank, you know, it's like, oh, I meant to hit glass when, I, when, I, when that went in. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, told his disciples, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be offered up. I'm going to be uh, uh, dealt with harshly. I'm going to be crucified. Uh, but he told them in the 26th chapter, in the 36th verse, but after I've risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. After I've after see, see, this is what's going to happen, but I, that's not the end of the story. This is, this is, this is, this is what's going to happen. Um, I shared before, I share now. Jesus' response to the first sin by a couple named Adam and Eve uh, was not plan B. Neither was Jesus' death on the cross. Oh, gee, oh, man, didn't see that coming. What's, what's plan B? Uh, Jesus' death and his resurrection was part of God's original plan. From the very beginning, uh, everything that has, is, and will happen is part of an incredible master plan by a master planner. Um, that's why uh, Jesus said uh, before he was abandoned and before he was crucified, um, before he was resurrected, he told his disciples essentially what he told them, meet me in Galilee. In the 28th chapter, the angel instructed and reminded the women that came to anoint, they came to anoint a dead body. Uh, and the angel had to remind them what, I, what Jesus had already told, had already shared with them. He's not here, he's risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. It's interesting, Pastor Meeks. I'm glad you've shared this with me. What's your point? Well, my point is there's no path that we choose to walk that God doesn't already know the end. There's no path that we, that we choose to, to, to walk. Right? wrong, in between, there's no path that we choose that God doesn't already know the end. He's God. That, that, that's, there's, there's no plan B in your life. See, God already knows. See, see we have free will. That's the, that's, that's the mystery. I don't know. I, my mind works this way. Uh, I was just yesterday, uh, as I was meditating and, and trying to finish off the rough edges uh, of, of this uh, sermon, um, I don't know why got caught into this, this, this real, I consider it deep, for me anyway, I'm not that bright a bulb. Um, this is incredible that we are here, that we, we, there are no batteries that make us do what we do. 
there are no batteries. It's just like, you know, it's like, you know, if you've got a little transformer or whatever, you know, you, you put in the batteries. If you've got a, a, a little helicopter or something, you put in the batteries. You make it go. No, we go. We, we go. We, we are created in such a way that you're self-contained. And in this self-containment, that, yes, it's, it's you know, it's that, that entropy thing, you know, it's just like we're going to that, that point of decay. Uh, but in this self-containment, someone had to have a master plan, and there was a master planner, and there was this, 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 this something that, that had no beginning, has no end, that, that, that is infinite in its being. And that's what we try and wrap our minds around, and that's God. That's why the Jews, they, they had it right more than we do. They had, they had multiple names for God. They had God, the creator, the, the one you can't know. You just can't know this person. You just, you just can't know. He's beyond knowing. He speaks things into existence. Knows the end before there's even a beginning. Before I'm conceived in my mother's womb, he already knows me. He already knows my path. He knows what's already laid out before we think we're pretty smart because we can look in the eyes of our kids and it's like, oh, she or he's going to be a doctor one day. Oh, he, she or he's going to be a doctor. It's like before, there's, before you were born, before your mama was born, before her mama was born, God knew you and knew the plan for you and knew the path you would walk, right and wrong. There's no path we choose to walk that God doesn't already know the end. I, I, I just marvel at that, an all-knowing, all-loving, all-comforting God, see? Now, we can benefit uh, from history and hindsight in this situation, uh, but, but for a minute, let's step back and let's consider the disciples. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. I give them much credit. I give them, they did exactly what they were told to do. They were instructed, go meet me in Galilee, uh, and they went ahead to a mountain to meet Jesus just as he told them. Well, which mountain? The text doesn't say. So I'm not going to struggle over, well, it was, it was this mountain, and it, you know, it's just like, it just, just don't poke your nose on the bark of a tree and miss the whole forest. Just, just, the, the text doesn't say, but whatever mountain, it was clear to the disciples which mountain to go to. But what was going to happen? Was uh, Jesus finally planning the overthrow of the Romans? Was Jesus uh, uh, um, going to punish them? Uh, what was going to happen? You know, that's what we a lot of us like to do. We want the detail. We want, a lot, we want all of the detail worked out. I'll act after the detail is laid out to me. When you, when you, when you okay, you want me to, like, Go over here, huh? What am I going to do there? How am I going to get there? How long will I be there? Why? Because we got an agenda. We have an agenda. We have an agenda. We, 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 it's like, I will fit you in when I can fit you in, probably Tuesday between 5 and 7. If hope it works for you, that works for me. Faith is called faith. It's not called clarity. Faith is called faith for a reason. It's not called clarity. Uh, that's why I give these disciples, uh, 11, not 12, give them uh, uh, credit. Uh, 
we want to know precise information before we proceed uh, with doing what God wants. Again, we know too much. Scripture tells us we walk, we live by faith, not by sight. That's that, that, and without faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, so there, there's this, 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 this five-letter word that uh, looms large. And so imagine what the disciples would have missed had they waited or just insisted on having more information. Jesus, why do you want us there? What's going to happen? Imagine the blessings that you miss out on in your life because you want so much clarity and certainty. Well, you know, again, I, I'm not Elijah. I'm not Elijah. But I know that the response that the widow had and the blessing that, uh, that came to her and her household and her son out of her obedience when Elijah said, I know you're down to your last crumbs. Give me mine. Give me to eat first. She had a choice. She had a, she had a choice. Give you to eat first? We're in a famine. I got a little bit of meal left. I got just a little bit left. Now, let me think about this. She probably processed this. I would. I'm an engineer. I would. Hmm, okay. Now, if I give you this, it's only got enough for a little bit of a biscuit, and I feed you first, that means me and my son aren't going to eat. Okay. Well, we only had enough for one biscuit anyway. Um, so I'm delaying my death maybe by a couple hours. Um, all right. Sounds like, it sounds reasonable. So, so, yeah, I don't know. But whatever, whatever her process was, she did it. And as she did it, she received the blessing. Uh, she operated out of faith. So again, I... Imagine the blessings we will miss if we operate only within the things that we see. I will do so long as my checkbook will, will fit that. I will do only if my time, my calendar fits that. I will do, you know, it's, it's, if it's not raining, then I can come. If it is raining, I won't come. I know, I know, Pastor, you're, just, you're extending this too far. I'm just trying to give us a window to look through. What conditions do we put on? What are the conditions we, 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 we do it without saying it? I will do it if. If this happens, then I'll do this. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Meet me in Galilee. So what was the disciples' response when coming face to face with the resurrected Savior? You know, they were popping champagne and setting off balloons and and, and all of that, right? When they saw him, they worshipped him. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Okie dokie. <laughs> this one verse has been a point of huge theological debate. Uh, well, was this a scribal edition? Did Matthew really mean to do this? Uh, Oh, we can all understand the first part, right? You know, what do you do when you see someone who's been resurrected? That, that, that was your rabbi, that was your leader, that was the one you followed. You bow down, you worship, you, you're in the presence. 
you confess that Jesus is Lord. That's what you do. See, but I can't imagine the overwhelming sense of joy they felt. Uh, see, because they probably thought, and rightly so, they behaved in that way, all was lost. Look, I saw him get crucified. I saw what went down. It didn't go good. That's why I didn't raise my hand and self-identify with, it, with him. No need two of us getting killed today. Why should I do that? Now, I'm not going to do that. Uh, now I see him, and he's back alive. What would that be like? Um, seriously, I think it would be like, it would begin to be like how the B part of this verse reads. But some doubt it. Uh, I'm grateful that, uh, I'm grateful for a lot of things, but I'm grateful that Matthew doesn't bother to, uh, to, 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 to either uh, explain this away, to, to sugarcoat it, it's like, or, or to give a reason why this doubt is here. See, uh, but some doubted because. Some doubted, uh, uh, this is why they doubted, and this is how they overcame uh, that doubt. See, a lot of times we, we want to hurry up and move from the uncomfortable and get to the comfortable. We want to move from, boy, this is a little confusing. This is a little, this is, you know, this, you're, you're talking about doubt. Uh, you know, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. You're, 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 you're talking about this, 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 yeah, I believe, I believe God. I believe he speaks things into existence, but, 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 you know, uh, you know, I'm down to my last biscuit and you're not getting it. But I believe him. But, but I, I just, I, I just can't quite, it's like that commercial you've seen, you may have seen it, where the guys, uh, you know, they, they, they have this, it's, it's funny, it's a little alligator sitting at the dinner table, and he's trying to get the, the check, but he's got alligator arms. I, I just, I can't quite get the check. And that's kind of where we're at sometimes with our faith. I, I, ah, it's right there. I'm so grateful for Matthew. He leaves it right there. You wrestle with it. Allow the text to speak to you. If you do that, the 18th, 19th, and the 20th verse, they'll speak to you so differently. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. They saw him, they worshiped, but some doubt. Well, okay, well, I, I, I'm confused. What do you, what do you mean? The, there's, there's, there's a lot of speculation about the doubt. Does it apply to others? Because as I shared in Bible study this past week, you know, the disciples, they can't hold water. They probably told everybody. There probably were. Probably. I don't know. I'm not there. Uh, I don't want to read stuff into the text, but if I'm a betting man, there probably were more than 11 people there. But Matthew identifies 11. Could he have been talking about Someone other than the 11? Could he have been talking about all of the 11? Could he have been talking about a portion of the 11? Uh, how do we square worship and doubt? I'm getting ready to close. See, the answer we need is to better understand the real etymology of this word. It doesn't mean, see, and that's, and that's the tension that we live in it's Christ's followers. It doesn't, it's not binary. It's not believe, not believe. It's like, oh, I believe, 
No, I absolutely, I'm, 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 I'm atheist. I don't believe. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's, it's more like uh, if they were, uh, let's put it this way. This word only occurs here and when Jesus spoke in the 14th chapter of Matthew's gospel. The disciples are in a boat. Jesus told them, I'm going, uh, I'm going to put you in this boat. I'm going to send you off. Uh, I'll meet you on the other side. Uh, but then the waves started to toss them about, and they are, they are afraid. And so what does Jesus do? Uh, he walks out on water to them. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Mark replied, no, it was Peter, I'm sorry. Uh, Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat. He walked on the water, came to Jesus, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? It's the same word. It's only two times this word is used in all the New Testament. The same word. Peter believed he wouldn't have got out of the boat. If it's you, tell me to come. Oh, snap. What did I get myself into? I got waves. I'm, look what you're doing. You're walking on water. You can't do that. That's why we live defeated lives. We operate in our own strength and our abilities. The problem with being so blessed is that we're so blessed. I got knowledge, skills, and ability. God didn't raise no dummy. God wants us to do things decent and in order. We, 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 we have to apply business principles to spiritual actions. What? That's why the world rightly should look at us and say, you guys are some squirrely people. You guys don't make sense. You, you, you do things completely opposite of logic. Because logic would say, uh, you can't walk on water. Uh, why did you doubt? It's a word that is better translated hesitation or indecision. You were indecisive. You hesitated. When they saw him, they worshiped. But some were reluctant. I'm not sure about this thing. I'm really not. That's why I can so relate to the disciples. Because I, I can just relate to the disciples. 
Seeing Jesus was not enough for the disciples to do what they needed to do. Further instruction was needed. That's why you have the 18th, 19th, and the 20th verse. What are you saying? Not too much has changed in 2,000 years. See, if we're not careful, we'll be conditioned to expect miracle after miracle. Show me a trick. God, show me a trick. Give me a trick. You know, that's, that's, that, that's what Herod, that's, do a miracle for me. Then I'll believe. Uh, you'll believe for a minute. Because God continues to do miracle after miracle in our own lives. The grade that you know you didn't deserve because you didn't study and you got a good grade. The promotion that you probably weren't the best person for that job, but you got it anyway. That call that you originally got from the doctor, uh, well, wait a minute, I'm looking at the chart now. Uh, you seem to be okay. Uh, miracle after miracle happens, but what happens with our life? That was good then, this is now. So what's going to sustain you going forward tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You looking for tricks? Looking for biscuits to, to, to just pop up into our lives? No, no. Let me give you, Jesus is saying, let me give you instruction. Uh, as he told Thomas, see, you believe because you see. Blessed are those that believe and don't see a thing. They're, they're, it's just faith. It's not clarity. It's faith. That's all it is. It's faith. I trust God that he's going to do the things in my life that he's going to do. So Matthew lets us know that the disciples who were witnesses to the risen Jesus, they were witnesses to the risen Jesus. They struggled with where they were at when Jesus is nose to nose, face to face with them. That ought to, that, that, I mean, to me, that's good news. That, 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 that's like excellent news because if you were struggling 2,000 years ago, then, oh man, okay, boy, I feel, I'm okay now. All right, all right, okay, okay. Uh, uh, the same will be for us if we don't listen, consider, and apply the words of Christ in the next three verses. You read those next three verses now in the context of what I've just shared with you. See if they don't alive, come alive to you in a different way. Some doubt it. You got doubt? Okay, let me tell you. Let me unpack that. Let me deal with your doubt. This is how you're going to live your life for the rest of the age. Again, Jesus' last words ought not be the last words we consider or heed. These are the last words. I know, we give Revelation. Now I'm talking about the Gospels. These are the last words. What does that mean for us? Well, he was just talking to the disciples. By extension, he's talking to you and me. So what does that mean for us? Let's pray. Our Father, our God, how we do thank you for such a great commission that you uh, allow us the opportunity, the privilege to uh, um, unpack uh, this, these, your last words of your Son, our Savior, the Christ. Father, what an incredible, incredible, incredible opportunity to, 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 to go deep, to dig deep, to, to better understand what commission we have been given and how we should live and behave. Father, not tomorrow, but today, right now. Father, we love, thank, and praise you for all that you continue to do for, through, and with City Church.
It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, Christ, we ask it all. Amen.